Heartbreak. Wobble. Despair. Let down. Choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your host, Robert Taylor and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello there, Atlanta sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Atlanta Sports. I am your host, Robert Taylor, and you know who's with me. He's a, he's a mainstay, a staple. He's uh, he's he's faithful as a hunting dog. The Commissioner, Mark Rich. How 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 goes it? Same old, same old, man. Very excited to be a. Uh, actually, it's not same old. That's a that's a canned response. It is. It's great. I am a. Uh, I'm a fan of a team that is tied for the best team and best record in the NFL right now. Yeah. We, oh, man, we got some Falcons talk, but uh, I think tonight, well, actually, you know what? It's been a couple weeks uh, because that's kind of our MO. We get on a roll and then we uh, go a couple weeks and uh, I swear we're we're going to tame the podcast beast uh, one day or maybe I should say the scheduling beast, but uh the commish here, uh, he's less wise now because he had some wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, if you guys know anything about wisdom teeth, you get those things yanked. You ain't talking on a microphone for a couple of days. Not uh, well. And I, I you know, I, you didn't, I, you got my text, but you never uh, uh, responded to the question. Were they impacted or were they just there? And no, they just needed to come out. Why? Well, I think one of them. I think it cracked, so yeah. it, it just had had to come out, but. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as it could have been, I guess, but it was not not fun. Yeah, cracked is definitely better than impacted. Uh, my my brother, who is no longer with us, had four of them, and then he got dry sockets. Uh, so yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I was gonna get what? No, not was. I got braces, and I think I was in the eighth grade. And and the orthodontist did a scan of my head, and he goes, "If you got wisdom teeth, we're gonna take them out before we do your braces." And there was nothing there, so I have no wisdom. But, uh, so yeah. And then, you know, I went to Huntsville and saw some bluegrass concerts, but we talked about that on our last episode. And then we had a Labor Day weekend on Lake Oconee and I rolled my smoker down there by the water, hauled it all the way to Lake Oconee from up here. Then I got out on the water on Sunday and rode jet skis for several hours. And I forgot how brutal that can be on your body. Uh, I got beat up pretty good. And I think between that and my smoker almost falling off when I, the truck, when I got back home, I really did a number on this uh, one of my back muscles but that's beside the point we're we're rested we're we're healed to some degree and we're back tonight to uh to discuss all things Atlanta sports and actually probably not all things Atlanta sports we're going to we're going to we're going to I think we're going to start off with all things Athens sports because 
you know, I've just resigned myself to the fact that uh, we, we just have a shitload of crybabies on our uh, fan base. It, it's, it, it's never going to end. It's never going to stop. And But we're going to talk about it because we're just going to prove to you tonight how pointless it is to get so upset about a 3-0 and Georgia team that's still number one in the country. It, it doesn't make any sense. Everyone's crying about Carson Beck and Mr. Bobo. And and I just want to say, how much how much of an issue can you have with a team that's outscored its first three opponents, one hundred and seventeen to twenty four? And if you saw this stat during the South Carolina game, our run numbers through three games are identical to last season. So the run game is there, and and I, I guess maybe you guys don't listen to Kirby talk uh, pregame or postgame. I, I I don't know what you do, but hey. He's happy. He's saying Beck is playing well. He said, hey, man. He goes, we got a guy that's never started. We got an offensive coordinator who doesn't have all of his starters to some degree, receiver-wise and whatnot. He goes, so so we're kind of playing it a little uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm dying here. Uh, um, vanilla? Vanilla, but um, low-key – anyway, safe is a word maybe you could say. But they're also feeling out – what works and what doesn't. And, and Kirby said this. He goes, you've seen in three games when we just open it up and let Carson play, he plays well. So, and and, and I'm going to say this again. It, it, who or any of us, seriously, Kirby Smart, Kirby Paul Smart has vaulted this program into the stratosphere. He's delivered two straight national titles. Who are we to question his coaching decisions? Seriously. You're, you are you you know what the problem is. I mean, it, it, essentially, just think of these games as practice because that's that's what it is. I mean, you look South Carolina is a conference game, so like you you need to win that, and people lose their mind. There were we what we scored three points and a half, so you're losing your mind. There's no way we can three peat if we only scored three points against South Carolina in the first half. You know it, but like you said, there there's new pieces that we weren't expecting to play right now that we weren't expecting not to be without Branson Robinson. We weren't expecting that. So a lot of the stuff that we had planned is, isn't happening. We're not utilizing Brock Bowers to his full potential. Sure. We're not. It's we're not, we're, we're getting other people acclimated to, to playing football, to, to playing a bigger role. And am I, am I thrilled? Am I thrilled by the performance? Am do I want to go out there and just steamroll everybody? Man, I'd love that. But, like, I'm not – I'm in no way worried. Like, I, I was at the the 16 or the whatever, 16-12, 16 whatever Kentucky-Georgia game last year. I watched every second of the Missouri-Georgia game That's last year. That's just what I was going to say. I guess everyone forgot about the Missouri game, and everyone seems to forget what a battle college football is during the regular season. And I guess everyone has forgotten that, hey, Michigan has started out slow against some teams that they should be running up the score on. Florida State almost dropped one to Boston College. Tennessee got beat by unranked Florida. So give me a fucking break. Yeah, these are this South Carolina game, and I looked at my friend uh, Reeves that I was watching the game with on Saturdays because he lives up here now. I said, "This these are character building games," and and look, 
Every team in the SEC is a good football team. Whether you want to believe it or not, they've got great players, they've got good coaching, and South Carolina came out and they smacked us in the mouth. But you know what they did? They gassed themselves. I, I had this conversation literally multiple times uh, since the game. Georgia's a four-quarter team, and, and what happens is we're um, Chris said it. We're everybody's Super Bowl. Everybody wants to knock us off, so everybody comes out to uh, of the gate at 100 miles per hour against us. We don't come out of the gate 100 miles per hour because we know it's a four quarter game. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe maybe we don't start out as fast as you want us to, but we we always end in the W with another one in the W column. So I, for me, I I would love to watch more exciting stuff happen, more big plays. I would love to see all of that, but I don't care. I don't care. At the end of the day, you you look last year, you see the national championship, and that's all you remember. You don't remember the journey to the national championship. You just remember the national championship, and you forget everything that we went through. And I I, I follow a, a couple pages, and, and, you know, there were people last year that, you know, did not think very highly of Stetson Bennett. Well, this year, um, the same criticism that these people were giving to Stetson Bennett, the other people, the Stetson Bennett fans, are giving to Carson Beck this year. So it's a lot of people going, hey, 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 what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Just don't don't forget. It's like the other half of the fan base became such big fans of Stetson Bennett. Now, like, you, you're not going to give Carson Beck a chance? You wanted everybody to make sure that they gave Stetson the benefit of the doubt every turn, but we're not going to give it to Cart. Yeah, so that's where we're at. Where we're the fan base is completely flip flopped. So until we get them in into the into the playoff into the SEC championship game, where everybody's finally like, okay, we're here again. Everything's fine. We can all we can all get back on the same page. It's going to be like this all year. Here's a question I want to pose to all of you out there that are acting this way, because listen, who raised you? That is one. But you know me. I I always go, AI, man, we talking about practice. You can practice Practice. all day. You can watch film. You practice against one another. You may have a mixed scrimmage. But nothing can prepare you. Okay, practice and film can. But when you you get down to it, there's really nothing that can prepare you for live game action. So let me ask you this. What if I showed up to your job your third fucking day there and said, that's it, you're fired. Get out. There is no learning curve here. You should be awesome already. No, man. Mike Bobo and Carson Beck are gelling. Yep, everybody t- is. And Carson Beck is a film nerd, from what I understand. He's a film guy. And and what you do, and Kirby Smart's been saying this forever, it's coach speak. Every football coach across the land, what do they say each week? You get better each week. We watch film. We get better each week. You're going to see a better Georgia team against UAB. They're going to clean some things up. They're going to tune some things up. They're practicing now. You're going to see a better team when we go play Auburn. Then after the Auburn game, you're going to see a better team. You know, They're just going to keep getting – because Carson Beck is not a bad football player, despite what some of you say. And I say this right now to all of you. Mark's heard me say this a thousand times my entire life. Put on the fucking pads and go play, number one. Or number two, if you think you know better or can do better than any coach on that staff, brush that resume up and send it right on over to Athens. 
Siri, and, and if that's if, an edu email address, just so we're clear. And, and if any of you are, are, are like, well, uh, no, I can't do that, then shut the fuck up. Yeah, enjoy football and enjoy football and understand what happens during the course of a season. Just like all these yahoos at the uh, after the All Star break with the Braves that were like, oh, we're going to spiral out of control. We got what well, we got swept by the Marlins. I was just as surprised as anyone else. But they go, well, we're going to lose the number one seed now, and we're going to get more on that later. But it's the same thing, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It's never made any sense to me, and I'll say it again. You guys got to stop. You got to stop. Just, just please, for the love of all things holy, like in, uh, in be critical. Be critical. I know all of you out there are just dying for Bobo to fail. Like, if, if he fails, then be critical. Just waiting for it to happen or thinking that you know it's going to happen so you double down and you talk about it all the time and, and point things out that you, you think it's just like the exact same human being that was here last time. It's not. We talked about this, and we will continue talking about this for the rest of the season. The head coach is completely different. The whole system is completely different. Do you think if there's something that is going on that Kirby Smart's just going to sit back and be like, well, I made him the offensive coordinator. I'm kind of stuck here. No, no, absolutely not. He was very nice in how he treated everybody at halftime this week. That is not normal, okay? You know, if, if foot needs to go in ass, foot's going in ass. Yeah. And he's not, but he's not going to wait till after we're too far gone. Like you worrying about not seeing what you want to see right now is the problem. What you're seeing is a bunch of very new people to this game. All the names that you're you're hearing and you're seeing the Cash Joneses and the um, the Roderick Robinsons and and these guys. We we have two transfers. We got Dominic Glover and we got Rara Thomas. Right. These guys are all new to the system. They did get to practice. You know, Rara had a weird intro to uh to his time here in Athens but they're they're all still everybody's gelling everybody's learning how to play with one another everybody's getting that game experience with each other and in each week whether you think we didn't whether you think we got better against South Carolina from the first two games or not that was a different level of competition for those of you keeping score at home South Carolina is a better football team go for it Oh no! No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm hearing you, and I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah go. They're a better, a better quality program than than the first two teams we played this year. So, so again, we're learning more. We're learning more, and guess what? Guess who's really good at taking information, processing it, and making changes needed to to move forward and be better? And that's Kirby. You watched it at halftime. He took care of business. We took care of business, and it didn't. It was certainly night and day. First half and second half, night and day. And just understand, we have 21 people injured right now. 21! It's, what, a fifth of the team, fourth of the team is injured right now. So, Mm -hmm. so again, again, rotations. People that you thought were going to be playing on on A team and B team. Like, everybody's in different places right now. Everybody's trying to next man up, fill in the gaps, and, and, man, it's just... It's not what you're. It's not what you hope for, but it's what we got right now. So just just watch and enjoy. Because at the end of the season, if we're in the same place, if we're if we're watching uh, Georgia in the national championship, like we all think we're going to see, 
then then you get to remember the ride. You get to remember how how interesting the ride was, how early on in the season we we didn't look that great to you, but then we got better and better and better. I just still will never, ever, ever for the life of me understand why you just come out of the gates ready for failure. Yeah, and and listen, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, was a ranked program coming into that game. Uh, so I'm just saying, you're if you're ranked in the top 25, you're pretty good. But here's another thing that Kirby said that I really liked. He said, hey, man, Ra-Ra and, and Dom both made plays in this league, but they've never made plays at Georgia in this system. So you got to learn. I mean, it, it's just insane that there's absolutely no learning curve, or some of you guys give these people no learning curve whatsoever. And you would not like it if somebody came and looked over your shoulder. Let's just say you're in finance, because this is what you sound like. Let's say you're in finance and I'm a fry cook, and I show up at your job and tell you you're a shitty finance guy. Because a lot of you who are saying these things that's basically what you are. Some of you didn't even play the sport of football, and you're in the stands bitching and pissing and moaning about how bad Georgia is. When hey hey, we said Kentucky, Missouri. Lest we not forget, Mark, we went down to Georgia Tech last year, and we started off slow against those guys. And I remember going, "Hey man, what what is this?" Yeah, they're co- they're collegiate athletes, and and people seem to forget. And I, and this is my go-to, but there's a you could name a ton of them. People seem to forget that App State rolled in and knocked Michigan right in the mouth and beat them. So I don't know why you Georgia fans, I guess you're just spoiled or, or, or I don't know what, you're just little bitches, but we are not going to steamroll everyone 62 to nothing. We're not. It's not going to happen. Even those great, vaunted Alabama teams struggled during the season sometimes and had some, man, it was a tough football team. And Kirby Smart says it every week. You've heard me say it a thousand times. It doesn't matter if we're playing Bethune-Cookman or UAB, or whoever, he's going to tell you, I've seen their tape. Good football program. They're tough. Kent State last year. Yep. Oh, my God. And and, and does anybody remember Todd Munkin and Stetson Bennett in their first year together? It wasn't always pretty. Nope. I didn't see anybody calling for Todd Munkin's head after the Missouri game, after the Kentucky game, after the Kent State game. No, his offense was just too complex for, for people to wrap their minds around. He was good. Yeah. Was, he was just running a very complex offense. And Mike Bobo's a good coach. Yeah. It's, you don't get to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Georgia after two nas- two straight national championships by being a shitty coach. That's Well, the other point is exactly that. Like, it's not just like a uh, – you're not just Kirby's friend so you get to be a coach at Georgia. That's not how it works. Yeah. That that is a highly touted job that a lot of people probably would have liked to have had. Mm-hmm. And so just you're not just like, oh shit, well, well, guess we'll kick the tires on Mike again. That's man, everything's happening for a reason. Like I, I I don't this is not like a fly by the seat of your pants program. Like nothing everything's calculated. Moves are being made, people are being put in positions. We we're in a spot now where where our coaches are they're coming to poach our coaches. They yeah. want our coaches to be bigger coaches. And shit, Dan Lennon's out there running his mouth at Oregon, just having a good old time out there. But I mean that that was that's a Georgia thing. And then we're moving people in 
in and out all the time. I just, damn it, man. It's so weird. It's so weird that like we have this, this success. And instead of the reaction being, this is amazing. I trust because we just won two national championships in a row. Yeah. Because we just won two in a row that we, we know what we're doing and it, it might not look that way to me right now, but I'm not a professional, so I don't know. So I'll just I'll just keep the faith since they've not given me anything at all to worry about in two years. Yeah. So maybe I'll just I'll give them maybe the benefit of the doubt exactly. just for a couple weeks. And hey, guess what? Uh, I don't care if Georgia wins a third straight national title. I just got to watch my school go back to back. Yep. I, I didn't think in my wildest dreams I'd ever see it. I knew Kirby Smart was going to win some national championships at Georgia. I knew it. But if we don't, you know who's probably going to come back next year? Carson Beck as a senior, as a second-year starter with his offensive coordinator. It would not surprise me if somewhere along the way – now. Listen, for the last two Saturdays, I've gone over to my buddy's Reeves house, and we have watched hours of football. Our path looks pretty darn good right now, because you know who I'm not scared of anymore? Fucking Tennessee. They got exposed, brother. Big time. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not going to get better. My, I, don't, I don't have as much nerves as I did. And I've seen Michigan struggle against some teams. I've seen Ohio State. I, I, and we're not playing Alabama in the SEC championship. I can tell you that right now. Alabama had a hell of a time trying to beat USF. We're gonna see. We're gonna see a lot this weekend when they play Ole Miss. Yeah, and now I tell you who is. Uh, you better look out for Ole Miss. They're looking pretty good. Yep. We'll, Jackson Dart has some questions here. You know, with his decisions with the football, but we'll see. We'll see this weekend. We'll see if if Alabama's pissed off or if, if they go and they lay down and. If Ole Miss wins, it's going to be interesting. Alabama should have been pissed off after losing to Texas at home. Sure, you know well, what I'm saying, right? And I'm just, uh, man, what what a Look, weird Alabama across the board has uh, personnel issues on their coaching staff. They don't have a quarterback. Discipline, discipline, yeah, undisciplined football team. I'm telling you, Alabama's ride is done. I'm telling you, I've been saying it for a few years, but it's official. Stick a fork in them. They're done. I, like I have. We are going to play LSU for for the SEC championship again. I promise you. That's fair. I I, I just I hesitate to say it because I just don't. I like I I'm okay with it being true. I just I feel like the more I talk about it, the less likely it's going to be. So I'm just going to just keep quietly watching Alabama. If Nick Saban had the team that everybody thought he had, they would have beat Texas at home. You don't go into Alabama and beat them at home, and they would have. I mean, trounced. I mean, trounced them. So, and they barely beat them. So quick question, though. So all these people that got fired from ESPN and, and you put all these other guys on game day and everything and everybody picks Alabama. There are all these higher up talking heads on ESPN who know everything there is to know about college football all picked Alabama. So, like, are they going to get laid off? Should Should we let them yeah. go? Or did they just do what? The boss told him to do that. Well, you know, and, and like I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, boomerang back a little bit and finish my thought. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Georgia did lose a game here or, or, or you know, lose it, lose the SEC title, whatever. If for some and because three peats is it's gonna be hard. So let's just say they don't do it. Wouldn't surprise me to see them come back and win one next year. Sure, 
And then, and then we can say, what, in the past five seasons, we've played for four national titles or five national titles and won three? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and this is not these shitty fans living in our head rent-free. This is – it was kind of nice not having the podcast for a while, even though I, I want to – you know, you know. We both yes. know what we want to do. Yes. But just watching the fan reaction from week to week to week, and I'm just like, good God, man. And it's been like this our whole lives. Let's not kid each other. Georgia fans are some emotional, pissy, bitchy people. But now it, it just seems completely stupid now to be calling for people's jobs and calling for their heads three games in to a new offensive scheme. Uh, somewhat new. Now, did they adapt some of Munkin's stuff? Of course they did. They've admitted it in the media. Yes, of course. It's not a carbon copy because we all know that doesn't work. I can't, I can't come in and take your job at whatever university and run your playbook i can't it's not going to work it's yours i can take some i can learn and if you don't think that that bobo didn't learn something from munkin when he was here then you're wrong if you don't think that kirby meets with his defensive staff and his offensive staff and they watch film and, and kirby goes in the bag goes ah mike uh what were you thinking on that one by the way kirby smart is not running around campus screaming to fire Mike Bobo and looking for Beck's replacement because if you follow Georgia football at all, Kirby Smart up to this point will tell you he knows some things need to happen. He knows they need to clean some things up. But overall, what he's seen through three games, he's pleased. Is he satisfied? Kirby Smart will never be satisfied. And that's why we love him. But if the coach is okay with how things are progressing and what he sees in practice and in game... So am I, because it all goes back again. Who are any of you to question Kirby Smart right. at this point? You can't. What's a free country, Rob? Yeah. Oh, I, I know. Started, I know. But I again, said it. Uh, through three weeks, from what I've seen, and it's a small sample size, it sure does look like Georgia doesn't. And you know what I've noticed about Michigan? I think I said this. I don't know if I said this on our last one. No, no, we haven't had a podcast since we've uh, started football season, I don't think. We just, talked just to, the uh, preview. Yeah, we talked to McFadden and Shivani. Have you seen Michigan yet? I glimpses highlights. Well, I've watched two of their games now from beginning to end. They're small. And they're not very tough. They're not aggressive. I I welcome please come play us again. You're gonna whip and, and I'm not saying they're they're not big kids. But watch a Georgia game and some other games and then go watch Michigan. They're small. Sure. Hey. They're kind of skinny. I'm just I'm I'm telling you like uh, there there should be zero and, and I don't say zero worry because you always worry a little bit because that's part of what makes sports awesome but the the sky is falling shit is old it's so old and maybe maybe at our advanced age us getting the national championships now we're able to process it a little bit better than everyone else who thinks that where we are and winning two national championships means that we are now just the greatest team in the the whole wide world and we have to beat everybody by a million points like it's not i it, i find it so hard and i'm sure there's a lot of like-minded people that enjoy football for what it is and and you know can critique their teams and and say what they wish was better and and, and keep it moving and still be excited about their squad but again, social media and the internet is just 90% the negative people 
getting together and, and finding a common place to talk shit about stuff. Well, uh, most of the, the bad attitudes and, and all this crap I'm seeing are from the old heads. They've really? They've been watching Georgia football for a long time that are around the, the Bobo PTSD or, guys. Or older than us. And I, I'll still say this. When Bobo was here, he was good. Right. And so I don't think I don't think anybody— Hit Mark ever... Rick as his head coach. Sorry to interrupt. Sure. No, no, no. You're, we— I know, I know why it was what it was, but everybody, the the problem everybody has that that is our age and older, I think, is the predictability. That's what they that not that he doesn't have the stats, but that it's predictable, and and that they're worried that that's going to come back and bite us in the ass when it counts. And I'm I'm not going to tell you when. He was here last that I was the biggest Mike Bobo fan because there was a lot of times where we were sitting there watching the game where we knew what we we, we knew what was about to happen on the field. And if we knew what was going to happen, how the hell is the guy getting paid a whole shitload of money to be a defensive coordinator not know what's about to happen? And that's what people are afraid of because they remember that. And the slow start is not helping their anxiety about the situation. So, like, I get that part, but at the same time, totally different scenario. So, like, you can't you can't bring those feelings from the past back because it's a whole different ball game. Well, this is going to sting a little bit, but I'll, when you talk about predictability, uh, and you said if we know, then how come the defensive coordinator knows? Well, travel back in time with me, if you will, Mark. I wish there was a button. To 2016. It's the Super Bowl. And the fattest, drunkest guy in the whole bar knew all you had to do was run it twice and run Matt Bryan out there and win the Super Bowl, but nobody else in the Falcons organization knew it. Not a one. No one did anything about it. We'll just leave it there. We all knew. How come they didn't know? And I'll just leave that there. So it's not always. gross. Yeah, it's not always the case. But again, you know, I I wish I could get into a room and say, hey, Kirby, do you think Bobo's been uh, predictable this year or no? He would probably disagree. He'd probably have a great answer for it because he has a great answer for all the morons in the media that ask the dumbest fucking questions ever. So anyway, I digress. I'll say this, 107 to 24, I'm all right with that. Totally fine with that. Don't care whatsoever. We're going to be just fine because we're going to beat the piss out of UAB. We're going to go over to Auburn. I'm going to take my slingshot and shoot that stupid eagle out of the sky when it soars oh, through the stadium. And then I'm going to throw it on my smoker, and we're going to eat it. Now we're on a watch list. Yeah. It's probably an endangered species. Yeah, yeah we're uh, on a watch list. And we're going to be fine. Because you know why we're going to be fine? Because right now we have the best coach in all of college football on our team. Yeah. Period. Yep. End of story. We have the athletes, we have the talent, we have the facilities, we have everything going for us. We have a good quarterback in Carson Beck. Digging what I'm seeing from Vandegrift. And honestly, uh, if Carson comes back, Brock's gone, but I'd love to see that guy somewhere because I'm not going to lie. In the times I've seen Vandegrift in the game, he looks – he has he has a better pocket presence and field presence to me than Beck does. He, He looks like a quarterback. You know, he just looks tough and he looks strong and he and he just looks like he's gonna if he doesn't if Beck stays, he's gone. If Beck leaves, Vandegrift's gonna be the starter and and I I just I expect nothing from good things from him. So we'll see about that. But 
I'm not, I'm not worried. Not once, you know, and, and I'll tell you this, I was, I was worried on Saturday, but as God is my witness, we can call, we can call Reeves Hitchcock right now. I said, Hey, we're going to be all right, man. We're going to come out second half. We're going to be fine because the defense isn't going to allow us to lose this game. Kirby Smart's not going to allow us to lose this game. They're going to clean some things up. They're going to come back out second half and be better. And what they do, beat their ass. And I said, Reeves, are these guys so good that they said, we'll take the first half off? I said, I don't think that's a mindset that the University point. of Georgia has. But I said, Georgia's given teams head, head starts. Could I could I ask a fan-sided question, Reeves, and just say, did they were they just so sure that they could win? They were just like, ah, we'll take care of them in the second half. The article reads, did Georgia spot 14 points to South Carolina? Exactly. And I'll tell you another reason why I knew that South Carolina was not going to win that game. I said, Reeves, Spencer Rattler's our quarterback. I said, we didn't do a good job in the first half of getting after him, but you know what we did in the second half? We got after him. You know what he did? Got rattled. Made mistakes with the football because that's what he does, period. End of story. You know, and I'll tell you one thing. I uh, I talked to Shivani about this, and I mentioned this to you. Uh, I was worried about uh, Beck's ability to extend plays and kind of juke and jive. And guess what? I've seen him be a uh, you know, I've seen him be a little slick out there. He's, he's got to dance around and and you know dan- he danced in the end zone. Uh, UT Martin made a couple of plays against South Carolina. It's not his. It's not his bread and butter, but he's uh, he's got it in his bag. And he's one of those guys you've heard you've heard Herb Street and all these guys uh, quote quarterbacks before when they say, "Hey, I'm a better athlete than people think I am. I'm a better runner than people think I am." He's looked good so far. And again, there's a couple of times in these three games where I've said, "Oh, you got to throw it away there, kid." But you know how many times I said that with number thirteen back there screaming at the TV, going, "Oh my God, get rid of it! Get rid of it! What are you doing?" Yep. Yep. That's that's one allowance I will give you, as a fan. You know, you guys out there that cry so much. It's certainly a, we all know when it's time to get rid of the football. <laughs> yeah, and, so, and and but again, you get back there in a live game and see these guys running at you. You know, and but also I think your ego and everything uh, uh, maybe gets in the way, and, and you want to try your best to extend plays and and make things happen, and you hold on to the football too long, and that's when those mature guys. You see him mature. You saw in Stetson Bennett's second year last year, you saw times where the year before he would have held on to the ball. You and I said that several times. Like, oh, if that's Stetson last year, that's that doesn't go down like that. Nope. So I'm just saying, man, slow your roll. Just slow down. I don't know. Take some CBD, melatonin, Valium, whatever you need, and just calm down. Stop crying and start praying for Nick Chubb. Yeah, calm down. Oh, oh, man, that was brutal, brutal. But, hey, maybe he just goes and uh, drinks some of Frank Gore's blood. <laughs> the immortal Frank Gore. <laughs> and and you got to wonder, will Nick come back from that? But, hey, medical medical uh, science is uh, is way more advanced. It's more advanced than it ever has been. You just never know what might happen. And uh, it's, not, it's not because Nick ain't going to try, I'll tell you that. He doesn't have that in him, but... Um, he he's a uh, he's going to try. It's just a matter of man. Yeah. Wish him wish him all the best. That was great. And you know what? You know, I I think in in my, all my years of watching football, I think it's the first time in my and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I just don't ever remember a time in a game I was watching where the announcers are like, "We're not going to show you that. We won't." And I found it. Well, I think. And oh, it, ugh. I think they 
after Willis McGahey. Yeah. I think that's maybe they learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. So sticking with the football theme, let's uh, switch gears to the guys that play on Sunday. And uh, I tell you what. Yes. Uh, last year, the, the Falcons don't win that game against the Packers. They lose that one. But they score 15 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Uh, now, now Ritter threw three picks. Two of them were dropped. But he made some pretty clutch throws there uh, at the end. And uh, I'm just going to tell everyone right now, still not time. Still not time. You can't make the call on Ritter as badly as you guys want to. He has six full NFL starts under his belt. So just put that to bed. First of all, if anybody's trying to make a call on that guy after that game, I'd, I'd love to talk to him. Oh, just get on our Twitter feed. There's some real uh, window lickers out there. Yeah, no, sure. But yeah, uh, if, if you want to talk about growth in one game, mm-hmm. uh, it, it may not have been the prettiest thing you've ever seen in your life, but I watched I watched a lot of a lot of learning going on on that football field. Yeah. Oh man. I, I and I'm still all in on the Falcons, but I'll tell you what. Uh, as much as I was like, I don't know about if I want Bijan Robinson. I'm not so sure. Well, I'm sure glad we got him because boy, as good as advertised, if not a little better. I think what we have in our midst right now is a superstar running back. Yes, he he gives very very serious Christian McCaffrey vibes. It's the man that one play where he just juked and in, in the same goals. juke three times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and to have Algiers compliment him, I'm telling you, it, it, we're still early in this thing. They're they're gonna they're gonna jive and they're gonna gel. It's the same. It's the exact same principle. We're we're talking about an entirely new defense learning how to play together. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about a a new offense or a new quarterback. You know, these guys, Drake London, Drake London was really the only guy, Drake and Algier were the only two people, uh, aside from, you know, four-fifths of the offensive line that uh, Ritter even got to play with the last few games. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Everything is different. So he starts this year off with, you know, one new offensive lineman. Um, He's got Kyle Pitts for the first time. He's got Mac Hollins, who, man, he's fun. Um but yeah, you got Bijan Robinson trying to work him in. Everybody's everybody's learning and gelling together for the Falcons too. But you're damn right. The uh the real the real MVP right now is, you know, Arthur Smith, his mustache and his giant nuts. The fourth and four naked bootleg for a touchdown call, and then the fourth and one, we're just gonna kill this clock on you. Uh toss sweep. Three yards behind the line of scrimmage on fourth and one, but you give it to Bijan who can juke everybody. The first guy never touches him. Golly, I'm if you're not excited about the Falcons this year, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to tell you because I am I am over the moon with where we are two games in. I want to know why the mouth breathers at ESPN are telling us that the Lions have a 55% chance of beating us at four. Is it home field advantage because the Lions aren't a better football team? Well, I mean, you can say they're not a better football team, but going into the season, the Lions or a lot of people have them projected to to move into deep into the playoffs. Some of them had them projected to go to the Super Bowl. Just they got a they got a high powered offense, and that's that's what that's what people were saying. So, I fifty five percent chance is not that far. 
I want to know what prescription medications people are taking that said the Lions are going to the Super Bowl. They got to all be Lions fans. Are you kidding me? I, I'm telling you, stout. That's a stout offense. That's a high-powered offense, and I'm not. I'm not super familiar with their defense just yet. But I, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I was more concerned with, uh, with why they decided to do a are the two and O Saints for real, and not are the and then is Baker Mayfield for real, and then not talk about the 2-0 Falcons at all. And granted, whoever won the Packers-Falcons game, that was going to be a big win for either team because they're both both new quarterbacks and and not really sure what's going to happen with them this year. Um, I'm glad we came out on top on that one. But, uh, you know, the, the Panthers aren't great. No. They're not great. Um, but you come out in that game and you 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 attempt to throw the ball early, and I guess you underestimate the fact that you are standing in front of Derek Brown, Justin Houston, Brian Burns, and these guys. And I I guess their game plan was to make sure we didn't get to throw the ball early. So you had to. And Arthur Smith said it. He said he he quickly changed his game plan, went back to the ground, and and there you have it. Bob Bob's your uncle. Went back yeah. to the ground and everything seemed to work. Um, they they tried to get Ritter going again early um, against the Packers. Uh, he throws that that early interception. He, you know, they he and Jordan Love traded pick sixes that got dropped. You know, AJ Terrell had one very easily. Jair Alexander had one very easily. Both of those were dropped. Um, so I I think. I think for the fans that are still pissed that we didn't draft Justin Fields or um or or any quarterback of the future uh ahead of time they're still they're still not sure. And I'm not I'm not telling you that he's going to be the quarterback of the future, but I am telling you that that man stayed in there and he played and he wanted the ball in the fourth quarter and he did everything that he could to help this team win and I got his back. Yeah, go back and look at Peyton Manning's first six starts sure. as a starter. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana, I don't give a shit who it is. But yeah, that, seriously, we keep talking about learning curve, but that's what it is. They, it, and anybody wants to to say that you know those first four games counted, they don't really because no. we ran the ball ninety percent of the time, and yeah, there there wasn't a lot going on there. So these are really his first real real games. And and obviously you've seen you've seen what's happened in both of them, um, but again you look across the league, you look at some of these guys' numbers. As of right now, I think uh, Desmond Ritter has better numbers than Joe Burrow. I, I just saying, if you guys want to you you want to be upset about something, be upset that uh, you know you guys are dumb. <laughs> well. And I can tell you one reason why Carolina ain't going to be any good because they have a tiny quarterback who is not going to live up to his number one pick potential. I don't care what you say. You're not going to see Bryce Young for very long. I don't believe in him. Period. End of story. I, I don't believe that he is the guy to take the Panthers to where they want to go. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. I just did. I know. I'm, I'm... He's tiny. Sorry. He ain't going to make it in the NFL. I'm not saying he's not going to hang on to the starting job for a while, but He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He's not going to be a winner. It's not. I'm calling it now. I hope he listens to our podcast. Hey, maybe it's motivation. But talk to me in three or four seasons. Let's see where Bryce Young is. Let's see where Desmond Ritter is. 
Well, and the Panthers, the Panthers still have to build. They, they, I mean, that's what they did. They, they traded away their pieces so they could, they could rebuild. And this is where they are right now. So, I, I mean, we really didn't have a good grasp on what the Falcons are prior to this season. And I don't, I don't think we have a good grasp on what they are yet. No, not out two games. That's impossible. Uh, what I do know is that the lack of quitting after we got completely hosed on that touchdown getting overturned, Mac Mac Collins toe tapping in the back of the end zone, um, that that was some weird shit right there. I'm I'm sitting in the stadium. I'm I'm watching. I'm watching the referee still watching the the screen, and I'm watching Green Bay's defense run back out on the field. And I'm like, hold on a second. What? How do they... How do they know? How do they already know? He hasn't made a call yet. So now my my conspiracy theory theorist hat is back on. And <laughs> it, But honestly, you know, you look at last year and, you, and just the Falcons over the last five years, you just think something like that, something of that magnitude and, and something like that kills your momentum like that. And I... I don't see any of those teams over the past three, four, five years that that come back from that. They don't they don't bounce back the exact same way. And you know, they, they sucked it up and they did it. And I I don't know what what Arthur Smith is doing, but I you know, from first game to second game we we've unleashed many more wrinkles. Johnny Smith, the Johnny Smith wrinkle is amazing. That opened up so much more, and I, I, I feel like it's just it's it's a snowball effect. I I really can't wait to see what happens against Detroit because I I want to see what where they move, where they go from what what you learn from the Green Bay game and how you're going to implement that against Detroit because you know I I like our defense, I like what our defense is doing. I uh, that's that Caden Ellis sack. God, that made me that made me feel great. It looked a lot more violent in in person, and then the, the replay seemed a, a little less violent. But I thought he damn near hip toss suplexed Jordan Love. But either way, the 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 thought of getting in there and getting after the quarterback, you know, the the place was so loud. We got we got three false starts in one game, and I feel like you know we may have had four all of last season. You know, it it the atmosphere in Mercedes Benz in the the magnitude of going two and zero in your first two home games to start the season when you came in with a little bit of buzz and a little bit, uh, well, the fan base, you know, reinvigorated, excited about the possibility of what could happen. All the new guys on defense, uh, your new shiny toy in the backfield, um, winning two games at home, and, and hearing the crowd. Like the crowd is so different. Like this is the Green Bay Packers we're talking about. They're on the level of like the Steelers and and these other these other teams that come in and pack that stadium well, all the, the way out. The Packers have a huge presence in Georgia. There's several Packers bars. Sure. So. Oh yeah. No. I. That's what I'm saying. But like those games, when you go to those games, it's usually fifty fifty, and they're they're usually really really loud. And the the Falcons the Falcons fans showed out. Falcons mm-hmm. fans were very loud. Not to say the Packers fans weren't didn't get loud at times in there they did but like we for four quarters we were in there loud as hell with them 
Yeah. And and that was that's something to see. If I if we even I mean, I don't know I don't know what the Texans game will be like if we come back four and for the Texans game, that would be crazy. But regardless, I think the uh the goodwill that you gained with the, the Falcons fan base going two and zero uh at home is gonna carry over throughout the season and it even if our our home record just stays superb with our schedule the way it is, they're all very winnable games at home. Um I think that's going to do wonders for the team, and I think that might bleed into you know how they play on the road as well. Yeah, well, the Texans and C.J. Stroud are going to come to town. He's going to have PTSD and struggle. But uh, to take a walk down memory lane, uh, one of our favorite watering holes is one of the biggest Packer bars I've ever seen in my life. T.J. is crazy. I've never seen Packer. I've never seen people tailgate outside a bar. Yeah, and then go inside. Yeah, and they uh, one time they had like a polka band that was playing after every touchdown. It was nuts. But listen, we we both said yeah, we both said this. Falcons are going to be better than they were last year. They're a better team. They won seven last year, and like I said, you can already. I'm already counting that Packers victory as one extra win this year because we don't. And I said this earlier on the show. Say it again. I, I I said it all day Sunday. Last year we don't win that game. That's a game we lose. So when they uh, the, a lot of the people that had us win in nine or ten games also had us losing to the Jets and to the uh, and to the Packers. So well, we ain't losing to the Jets now. They, their golden boy is gone, unfortunately. I I hope Aaron comes back for another run. But the Jets ain't getting it done with Zach Wilson. The Jets do have a stout defense. There's no doubt about that. But they are not going to get it done with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I don't care even if uh, Rodgers is there coaching him. Uh, all season it'll make him better but I'm not worried about the Jets um and I'll still stick by now now I might even go 12 13 games now oh, I know I'm getting uppity but uh they double digits that's all I can speaking of getting uppity you guys didn't get uppity but you did rise up a little on Sunday because the 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 famous bird gang tailgate is now you guys could be internationally known now. I don't know how big the Weather Channel is, but they did a whole uh, like spot with the Bird Gang folks, and uh, it went out over the airwaves. And I'm, I wish I hadn't missed it, but I got uh, you know when you have a, a a significant other in your life, I got voluntold I was going to help clean the garage Sunday because the whole family was coming over, so I did that. Uh, and I missed the first one, and that was by choice because I, I I'm getting into voiceover to make some extra income, and I had some uh, meetings with some coaches and some other stuff, and uh, I sat that one out. But I am going to be at the Texans. I'm uh, I've already told uh, the misses not missing the next home game because uh, I think we got so we go to Ford Field, then we go to London, I think, and play yep. the Jags, and then we come home for the Texans. We could be four zero. I haven't I haven't heard much about the Jags or, or seen much about Trevor Lawrence so I don't know what they're looking like through two games and you can't just look at scores uh I haven't seen any highlights I haven't heard any buzz I'm probably going to go home tonight and read a little about that but yeah so you know the Jags on paper were were a team that I was worried about much like the the Lions on paper were a team I'm worried about you you don't it, it's if you let their quarterbacks if you give them time to throw Jared Goff in his offensive I, weapons. I think that's true for any quarterback. You give any quarterback time to throw. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, these guys with their offensive weapons and, you know, Calvin Ridley looks every bit like old Calvin Ridley. Um, just don't, hey, don't, don't, no gambling this year, okay? 
No, we, no sports betting. We need we we don't need him to play well against us, but we need him to play well this season because I want that second round draft pick. Do you think we could make like a DraftKings a spoof account and get get him suspended again? <laughs> yeah, but if we get him suspended again, that's going to screw us in the with the draft pick. But I I mean, it'd be really yeah. funny. Maybe we can do it next year. All right, after we after we get drafted. the draft pick. Uh, but hey, hey, Falcons fans. Uh, Again, you got to let things play out. You got to let things unfold. And I know we're gonna we're just gonna keep pounding this and hammering this on our show because again, I, I try some shows not to let it get to me and not worry about it and let you guys live in my head rent free. But I, I guess I'm still on a small mission to to get you guys to understand the way things are. I said this before. Kirby Smart's not crying about his OC and his quarterback. He's not. Arthur Smith. Of course, he, he. It's not complaints. It's just guys. We got to work on these things. You know sure. who's not out there crying. And, and, and as you, as Falcons fans, after what we've seen, two and zero coming out to start the season. I think this is the first time we're two and zero since twenty sixteen. I think. Pretty sure. If, if I'm wrong, you guys can correct me. But we have. No, there should be nothing but high hopes like right now until they give us a reason not to. Well, so you have. You have the fans that are very excited uh, about the potential and for the future, and then you have the guys that won't just won't let it go, the the ones that the that think Atlanta's cursed and those people because I have really great seats for the um, <clears throat> for the Falcons Panthers game, um, and there's one guy I, I swear to you three plays into the game. He was like, this is why the Falcons suck. And I'm like, oh. yeah. And I turned around. I was three like, plays into the season. I was like, dude, three plays in. It's going to be a long year for you. It's going to be a really, really long year for you. And and against the Packers, man, and granted, it was a it, it was a high anxiety game. But the guy behind us, he's like, all the every anytime anything anything bad happened or we didn't convert on third down or something. He's like, oh, this is why the Falcons suck. They always do this. And I'm like. What what are you even talking about? They always do this. I'm like we've we've converted plenty of third downs. Like maybe they just do it in the games you watch. So how about turn off the damn television and get out of here? I had that. I, Leave the stadium. This is this is in our new uh, our new seats. So I'm I'm just I'm praying. I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to 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 ask him in front of everybody. I'm just praying those aren't his season ticket seats. I yeah. I hope he was just there uh, as a one off because I like the people that are sitting around us and. Uh, Man, man, a lot of a lot of optimistic people there. Like a lot of there's a lot of people who you can tell who have been hurt. Yeah, and and that's the I think that's the general consensus. The the cautious optimism we always talk about. Well, it's Falcons football. It's, I mean, you know, since '66 we've had our moments. So, you but know. but that's what I'm saying. But you know, as as optimistic as you can be with all the stuff that we have going on and the new personnel and everything like that, like we're still like we're still getting everything put together so i i i'm glad i'm glad that the what i've seen so far is that there are a lot of very excited falcons fans and it seems like some of the most of them um are giving the falcons the benefit of the doubt and they're really sep- we're, we're separating from from the people that think oh same old atlanta this is what atlanta does that, those people i i think we're separating from them and if we can separate ourselves from that, because you know just as well as anybody that I have said, oh, my God, Georgia, they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot. Oh, my God, Georgia. Oh, my God, whatever. 
Yes, it has been like that. We're trying to tell you now it is the dawn of a new era. Shed the, hey, no more negative expectations. No more fair weather freeloaders. You, you listen to our intro. That's really the point we're trying to make is that if we can shed that skin and, and look forward and say, hey, you know, the ghost of those, of, of you know, fighters mentality, the ghost of Falcons past, the ghost of Bulldogs games past, the ghost of Braves games past, they're gone. It's a new dawn of a new era. Atlanta, Atlanta, oh my God, the things they're doing right now, the Braves are doing, oh, good Lord. It's ridiculous, and guess what? We're going to keep doing them, barring any wild injuries to Olsen or Acuna or anybody like that. We have a young core, a great front office, a great head coach. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm telling you, even after this little slip with the Marlins, I'm still... Everybody's like, oh, we're going to lose the number one seed. We're blah, 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 blah. This team has always bounced back this year, and it's a slide. we got 11 games left. And by the way, we have 11 games, and all Ronnie's got to do, I think, is hit one home run and steal three bases, and he's a 70-40 guy. That would be so great. Got 11 games to do it. He's a little dinged up, but you know what? Everybody's dinged up. They posed the question today, do you think uh, ESPN will will break from other games to see if Ronnie does makes history and you have to you th- you really think that'll happen I can I'm not saying I can almost guarantee you it won't happen. I'm not saying if it will or won't I'm just saying you have to right well but if why wouldn't you no one's ever done it in the history of the league before and, the, and since the first guy hit a baseball it's never been done so, well maybe if he gets the stolen bases and then It'll break when he's up to bat, waiting to see it for the home run. But you can't, you can't just break to the Braves game and see if he steals a base, and that's all he's got left. He hit forty tonight. I'll tell you, he's been on lately. You know, you just never know. But listen, uh, what, what's the other Braves news? Maddie Olson Molson is now the single season home run king. He took down uh, Andrew. He sent him a nice, lovely message. But what I mean, wow, what a player he is. Five who? The only five I know is Bob Horner. Uh, I forgot who that other guy is. And you as Braves fans should be happier than a pig in shit that Matt Olson's in Atlanta and Freddie's in L.A. I don't give a shit about the batting average. Guy just slammed 52 home runs. I mean, Freddie's got. And we got him for seven more years. Exactly. And he's young, and he's going to get better. So, uh, you know, uh, Lucas Latouge was DFA'd. Jesse Chavez is back. Uh, we don't have, I mean, you know, Murphy and Darno have been slumping a little, but, uh, you know, the Braves are going to be fine. I'm telling you, they're too, they're, they're, they've been too resilient all year to not, you know, kind of turn up the heat a little bit. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not really too concerned about how they do over this last stretch of 11 games. What I'm concerned about is because for some reason there's you Braves fans out there. They're always cheering for us to get some sort of buy. Well, buys in baseball are a death knell more times than not because you get out of rhythm. We talk about rhythm in baseball all the time. We talk about timing. We talk about streaks, warm, hot, cold. Boy, you want to talk about what will kill a war, a hot baseball team faster than anything? Two weeks a, off. A break, <laughs> a bye. I want you to keep playing because, hey, you, you can take BP, you can get in the cage, but it doesn't take the place of live in-game pitching. I'll say that with any sport. Just like, you know, we talked about earlier with Beck and Bobo. 
man, they've practiced a lot together against a really good defense, arguably the best defense in college football. They've watched a lot of film. But it, there's nothing like real live in-game shit going down. People trying to hurt you. Yeah. So I, I still think the Braves roll through the playoffs. I don't think there's anybody in the National League that can touch us. Not in a five-game series, not in a seven-game series. And I'm not – I was worried about the Rangers. Not anymore. Astros, nah. We took those guys down already. I, I just don't think this team can be denied. The things they've done offensively this year, the relationship they all have, the chemistry and everything, and I know they're still leading the league in wins and they've been the best team in baseball pretty much all year, but I think it's one of those exceptions to the rule years because we've said it before. More times than not, the best team in baseball doesn't always win the World Series, but sometimes they have and sometimes they do, and I think this is just one of those years. Because of all the special things that have happened with the Atlanta Braves this year offensively and and just how they've been able to keep it going with, you know, God, I looked at the list of Braves pitchers that have been on the Major League Club this year. It was like in the low 30s, I think, how they've just been able to get it done with pitching and the bullpen and, you know, Ozuna coming back, roaring back. He's been great. That's one of those things where you look at his numbers and you're like, I remember for him to get where he is now from where he was then, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot. Yeah, Eddie Rosario, you know, is looking more like Eddie. Uh, you know, the 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 other the, everybody, everybody, and I just don't think this team's going to be denied. And I'm not worried. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the Braves are going to hoist up another World Series trophy very soon. Round uh, first week in November typically is when they, it gets all decided, and I think around the first week in November you're going to see us hoisting that trophy because I just. I don't see us – I just don't. I, I I don't know why. It just feels different. It just does. This team is a team of destiny this year. They're the best team in baseball, and, and they're just going to keep being the best team in baseball, and nobody matches up well with them in a five- or a seven-game series, period. And, and you, you know, you want to talk about the Orioles? Well, great. How much playoff experience do they have? Zero. Basically zero. I think I read something. There might be one or two guys on that entire squad that have any kind of, you know, uh, 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 measurable playoff experience. It's, uh, I mean, at this point, you, there's so much good going on with the Braves that, like, people have to create. Yeah, you know, I mean, fans are really good at doing this. No, too. I know. but In the it, national media. And, yeah, well, you, and you lose – well, how many games did they lose in a row? Four or five? Yeah, something like that. But like, grand scheme of things, nobody, nobody who follows the Braves is really worried about it. No, nobody who really follows them. Nobody who who knows what this team is capable. It, it's weird. This is something weird. You're watching something historic, and it is uh, it it's quite fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, one today in 10, six to five. Then we, we got four with the Nationals, three with the Cubs, three with the Nationals. The season's over. And the Nationals suck. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it if they sat Ronnie for a game or two in that series. Just a game or two. Uh, Olsen, all those guys. Let's start getting some guys a little rest. Maybe pull them early. I don't care. Or, or start the scrubs. And I don't want to call them scrubs because everybody on that team's a, a gamer. But... Start your non-everyday starters. Let them play four innings and put them in later. I don't care what you do. Just start getting everybody a little bit of rest. 
the dings and, 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 you know, all that, the scratches and the bumps and bruises and pulls and strains and all the things that go with playing 162 games. And I even said over here, I was like, man, I'd be happy with about 145. I used to say, no, 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 I love it so much. Let's just keep it at 162, but I wouldn't be opposed to shorten it up a little bit, just a little bit. But again, I don't want that. I mean, we have it. We have that first round by. I don't want it. But I think we'll I think we'll be just fine. I, I don't see us, uh, you know, kind of losing the losing pace or anything. I, I just think uh, for whatever reason the stars are aligning for us as they always do with any team that wins a World Series or a Super Bowl. You know, there's a little bit of luck in there and a little bit of a you know magic out there. And I and I think this is our year. I I don't see anybody being able to beat us in a seven game series. So do what you will with that information. Oh, uh, hopefully, it excites you. Yeah. So, uh, I got to take a look at time here. Uh, yeah, we're about at our hour mark, which is about about how uh, no pun intended. Uh, that's about as much as uh, our 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 business that you guys can take. But this weekend, we got dogs UAB gonna be a cakewalk. Birds Lions on Sunday at Ford Field, and uh, they can take their win percentage and stick it where the sun don't shine because the birds are coming back home to Atlanta with a victory over the Lions. I'm calling it now. Place your bets. My lead pipe lock, birds over Lions. Period. End of story. I love that. The Braves are, you know, they're they're uh, just, you know, they're coming across the finish line. How many uh, all-purpose yards for Bijan? I think, oh, so you're you know, pitching in, uh, running in and doing the pitch and catch. Ah. Uh, 2000. Oh, shit. I just meant for the game against the Lions. Oh, um. He hit 172 against the Packers. I, you know, I don't know how, uh, I don't know about the Lions run defense. I'll have to look into that. Um, just remember the first guy never touches them. 148. 148 all purpose. You first. I hope he goes north of two. I th- it's going to be a battle of because uh, I think Montgomery's hurt, so I think it's going to be G- Gibbs. I-, I don't want it to be Jameer Gibbs's coming out party against the Falcons, but I hopefully they. I'm not hopefully. I'm sure they're going to talk about Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson being the top two running backs coming out of this year's draft, going head to head in this game. Um, but yeah, I did want to bring something else up about the Falcons though earlier, like. For the people who are are still a little on the fence and don't aren't excited about it, this has got to be like year one for you. You got to chalk this up as year one. This is year one for Terry, for Arthur, for Desmond. It's year one. It starts here, and then then we move forward from here. You can't can't look anywhere in the past. You can't even look at the last two years. Really, you can't look at that uh, unless you want to look at free agent signing and look at the, how we drafted and look at how we exceeded expectations in the win column. If you want to look at that, great. That was like a, that was the, the 90 day grace period at your new job. And now they're now they're salaried employees and now they're they're really getting into the meat and potatoes of it. So um, I hope everybody has that outlook. I hope everybody focuses on the fact that like they finally are driving the car that they want to drive and not the one they had to drive. Um and, and and just keep that in mind as we move forward throughout the season. Well, here's the thing: barring any injuries or anything like that, the Falcons are going to end up with the the duo of Algiers and Robinson, 
as the best one-two punch in the game right now. Hey, I, Those two young men are, are, are you're, so anytime moving forward, you're going to have to respect the run. And what happens when you got to respect the run? The pass opens up. The pass opens up. Then what happens when you go, oh, we need to drop a guy back and respect the pass? What happens then? Then we throw a, a screen pass to Bijan Robinson, and he takes it 60 yards to the house. Exactly. With with some of the wide receiver talent, with Bijan kind of be a you know an all around guy, he can catch the ball. He can you know he can swing out and he can run little routes and 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 you know uh, bubble screens and all the fun little short passes and turn them into big chunks of yards. With Algiers, who who can just uh, bulldoze his way, you know, down the field, and so Cordero Patterson is still that joker, you know, the wild card. And I I'm not sure if he's going to be back for the Detroit game, I, but I think Okuda's coming back against his old team in the Lions. Um, but you also got to see Desmond Ritter, I think, helped his own cause against the Packers because you got to see him extend plays with his legs, which. Early on in the game, I thought when whenever he scrambled, um, he he didn't have any purpose. It didn't look like he was he was trying to get for a first down. It just looked like he was just continuously looking for somebody to be open so he could throw the football. And then as the game progressed, he did some stuff with his legs. the The fourth and four uh, bootleg for a touchdown. Uh, I think now, I think now teams are gonna they have tape on that. Now they're gonna have to respect that a little bit. They're gonna have to. It's not everybody send everybody to kill the the quarterback. Now you're just gonna have to back up a little bit because now you know what happens in that backfield. Now you know we can throw a toss sweep four yards deep yeah. and and take it for seven. And and man, I just can't stop talking about how much of an X factor Bijan is. If Arthur if Arthur Smith has that much faith to make that play call in such it you could have kicked that field goal. Mm-hmm. You could have kicked it and and put the ball or, or or trusted your defense to get a stop there, but you you went to kill the clock on them. You trusted so much that we were gonna get that yard that you you tossed it. People don't realize that what that does for players and a team's confidence oh when their coach Makes calls like that. Well, and that's what I—that's what I was talking about. How much? How much growth happened in yeah. one game to get the W to come to walk out of Mercedes with that W to go two and zero at home. Your first two games, all this fresh, new, all these new players, all everything is new. New defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You got Jesse Bates getting two picks in his first game as a Falcon. You know, like all this stuff is happening, and the growth in two games is is crazy. So. Please, please, feed off of my excitement. Take some of it with you, and, and bring it, bring it to the game uh, against the Texans. The most please. important thing is to slow your roll. We say this all the time. Let a season happen. Let a season unfold. And for you guys out there that are like fire Ritter, fire whoever the fuck, fire Bobo, get rid of Beck. Do you know how dumb it is to make changes like that mid-season? It's dumb. Very, I don't, I can't even remember when it's happened that an OC lost his job, and and they brought in somebody else. It, you don't do it. Better, you don't season. You don't get yeah, better. You don't do it. So listen, give these guys a chance. Pump the brakes. Georgia has throttled the competition in 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 three games. They're three and zero. Number one team in the land. The Falcons have started two and zero. 
oh my god Bijan robinson tyler algiers we got a squad period end of story things are different in atlanta this year than last year and they're going to continue to get that way and again you can't really mark said it earlier you can't really lean on the last four starts of last season you gotta let ritter grow he's young he's new let it happen and if you if you really need if you really need a little help go back and watch the two games again watch them in order and just just see just see how much more comfortable you're watching it it's unfolding right before your eyes and again i'm not telling you he's going to be a hall of fame quarterback or he's the he's the answer to all our problems what i am telling you is you're watching growth and the dude is undefeated at home in his entire life so, yeah. I mean, at least college and, and pro, yeah. he's undefeated. Calm down, cool your jets, get out of your fields, please. Other than that, that's all we got for you here on a Wednesday night. Now, man, we're going to be back next week. We finally, 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 but I'm not even going to put a date on it, though. Got some training tonight on all the video stuff and the studio lighting, so it's not too much longer, I think. But before we go live on uh, our Facebook channel and we start doing some live streams and getting some callers in, and, and uh, boy, the fireworks could really go off then. But until then, Atlanta, seriously, if you're listening to this podcast, we, we, we would do it if no one listened, but we do it because we love it. We do it because we feel you guys deserve something better than some of the trash that comes out over the airwaves and Atlanta sports radio and ESPN and other places. Because we're just like you. We're just two fans talking Atlanta sports. We believe in Atlanta sports. Do you. Until next time, Atlanta, we love you. We need you. Good night. You be safe. Do you believe?